podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. This is the Celtic Exchange Weekly, this is Tino and this week I'm joined by James and Miff as we cover all things Celtic. Celtic picked up their first silverware of the season at Hamden at the weekend and Kyogo was a man once again with two goals and a League Cup final for the second season in a row. It was Callum McGregor's third trophy Celtic captain and just third as Celtic manager in the first in what might go on to be a treble winning season. Miff, some folk talk the talk, some walk the walk and this Celtic side fall firmly into the latter category. Your summary on the win at Hamden and your Celtic moment of the week please. Oh Tino, oh James, oh listeners and watchers. They, they don't half walk the walk. They, they've just proven their, their metal time and time again that, that there is not a Celtic team in my lifetime I've enjoyed watching more. It is that, it's that simple. It, it, mainly because of the way they are led by, by the manager. Um, people who continually listen and, and, and watch us will know that I am an adorer of Ange Postacoglu and when you think you can't love him anymore he just goes and does something to make you love him more and, and his my moment of the week is his celebrations after the final whistle yesterday I, I have no doubt that the incessant noise and that's what it's been incessant noise around our rivals was bordering on disrespectful there, there is always the requirement in, in the Scottish media for some sort of false equivalence when it comes to Celtic and Rangers to, that one has to be on the par on a par with the other and what what the media seem to be struggling to comprehend just now is is that, that Celtic are, are in the driving seat and, and just to acknowledge that and accept it seems to be really, really hard to do. It's 16 titles out of 22 and the media still tells you it's a level playing field. Aye, Come on. Hugh Evans tells you it's pass a parcel, aye. cat and mouse with this league title. So so the the reality is, and, and, and what Ange is able to do is, is bring us that reality. He brings it to us starkly by the team that he's building a team with a plan, with a purpose, with an identity. When we recruit, we recruit a particular type of player who's still going to bring that hunger and that um, that physicality to the team. You see that in, in the likes of Owen and, and, and Johnson who have come in. Hitati, Maeda, you know, whilst Maeda never had a great game, still worked incredibly hard to stop stop Rangers, Rangers getting out. So all in all, a magnificent achievement the pressure added by the fact that it was you know, obviously it's a must-win game because it's a cup final, but the, the ramifications of that incessant noise ramping up a notch at Rangers winning made it even more important for us to just set our stall, lay another marker down, and just confirm just how dominant a team we are. Yeah, I mean winning the League Cup in general, you know, is a big boost at any time, but the the psychological boost from from beating Rangers, James, it's you can't discount that. Absolutely not, you know, because it just further reiterates as we're saying there the difference between us and them you know um, this isn't about them this this show but you wonder where they're going from here they could tailspin and that'd be nice so we've got the first of Paddy's treble on the board and it's it's just where we go from here didn't get a moment of the week from you we did it was yes. Ange oh that was oh, yeah. all Ange I was going to segue into that actually just quick question if you've been watching Celtic a long long time Ange Postacoglu favourite Celtic manager of, of yes. all time yeah. yes and and to say above Martin O'Neill for somebody of my age is quite significant. Yeah. But I, I think it's more around you, we, we seem to have someone in in their prime of management, if that makes sense. But also somebody that's clearly got a point to prove, burning mm-hmm. desire. Um I think there's also a small thing that Ange Ange is an Aussie, proud Aussie. One thing the Aussies don't like are the palms. <laughs> they regard them they, they do they, they regard them as their natural sort of enemy yeah. I, I think in McBeal you've got somebody who I would say is your typical sort of mouthy brash southern sort of guy he's got a lot to say for himself he, like, he's got a bit of an ego about himself and he's, he's talked a lot of talk and, and as yet he just hasn't simply backed it up so I think Andrew would have took a bit of enjoyment out of that as well yeah I think he would James had Matt O'Reilly and Sead Haksabanovic brought their shooting bits to hand and we could have seen the kind of scoreline you were hoping for uh, but Celtic were obviously very good value overall for the win. Who stepped up for you in the day and what's been your own moment of the week? So I think even despite the fact that, you know, Dyson had a couple of wee moments, you know, running the ball, ball out a few times and stuff like that, but he was a constant menace. And, he, you know, the pre-match talk, and I think it was talking with Paddy last week on the, the pre-match show on Thursday, was was a bit of talk around, you know, Abada because he was playing against them and you was know, it Jota, Abada? And it was always going to be made in Jota for me, just the, the form they're on. 
But for me, it was because he keeps Tavernier pinned right in where they don't want him to be, which is a right back, because that's not where he's strongest, even despite the fact he's a defender. So Maida really stood out for me, even, even despite all that. I thought McGregor just strolled it, controlled it, you know, led from the front, as he always does. Starfelt, did a wee bit of Starfelt things towards the end, but by and large, he was outstanding. We spoke just before coming on this, on, on air here tonight that the amount of turnovers we had and the amount of, you know, unforced errors Rangers had they kept the ball like Aberdeen last week for me they just couldn't retain possession and Starfelt actually he's getting a lot of plaudits for the second goal but for you know going and stealing the ball getting the ball forward he actually does it for the first goal as well but it's a minute and a half before we score it because we pass it around so Starfelt stood out I think that there must be something we can do in training to just get those errors out of his game because they won't stand up in Europe and we need to be able to stand up in Europe so that's my only kind of blot in his copybook but um, yeah there's there's no one had a bad game really proud of all the boys yesterday good stuff um, and moment of the week Crazy Joe Hart Crazy Joe Hart he just went bananas at the end you know just screaming and shouting it was just, it was great to see because he's quite a measured professional guy you know I know he kind of likes a bit of nonsense but he really let it go. Um, so maybe that's just a bit of a response to all the noise. I was just going to ask him, if do you think that is, he's letting out some emotion there. Celtic have kept counsel all week and we're going to talk about exactly that just shortly. But we've done, you know, all our talking behind closed doors and I'm sure they've had enough conversations as a group about how to, you know, prepare and approach this game. But we've not been making any of the noise that Rangers have been making. And is that the release once the final whistle goes and once he's got a chance to, to let off steam? Well, you've proved your point when the final whistle goes and the, the trophy's coming home with you. You've you've proved your point. With, with Hart, we've given him a new lease of life. He's been he's been excellent for us. He's been the, the kind of experience that we've needed at the back. He's clearly a senior pro in, in the dressing room, and, and there's no doubt for me, McGregor and Ange have referenced the fact that there are many captains in the dressing room I think you said up to six James was your was numerical McGregor. number that you put Cal on McGregor said there's, there's um, five or six guys that you looked at so that's ex-CMF expected captains yes a, a James a James subcategory we'll expect to see that in the, the yeah. end of season show um, so th- the fact for me is that knowing how how dressing rooms work that the, the constant and incessant noise would, would have the post because it, to me it almost comes across as a lack of respect you, the, the Celtic team have earned the plaudits that they've earned because they've got the trophies in the cabinet to, to do so. There's always that requirement to try and keep both of them the same because that's what sells. But I think if you're somebody like Joe Hart who has came up in it and is still relatively fresh to the whole Celtic Rangers thing, you're thinking, why? You know, why why are we getting bombarded yeah. with, with this we, when, when, we're, the when we're the ones that have, get, that have <clears> get the medals? <throat> so that sort of pent up sort of feeling of frustration or, or, or perceived lack of respect it's probably what you've seen come forth in the, in the post-match celebrations. I think Celtic have been very, very keen to prove a point and, and they've done so. Yeah, 100%. OK, let's take a look at what's coming up on this week's show. We'll get started by discussing the mental side of Celtic's game at this moment in time and the focus that the players are currently showing under Angie's leadership. Then it's time for the mystery sell as the lads once again try and name the famous ex celt after that, we'll go to this week's listener's question, which focuses on one of Sunday's Hamden heroes and what he's brought to Celtic since his arrival in January. And finally, we'll finish the week by bringing you something which we think you'll enjoy from this week in Celtic media. So, Miff, there's a lot of fun content doing the rounds at this moment in time after the win at Hamden, and I think you need to take a, a full week off your work to catch it all. And, and a fun week that would be, but uh, that's all for a, another day. That's before I've had a chance to listen to the phone. And by the way, we're taking time out right now and I'm pretty gutted to be missing that, but we'll catch that on the, the playback. That aside, myself and Miff covered the game in detail on Sunday night in our post-match reaction show. And you can listen to that now over at the Celtic Exchange Plus. If you don't already subscribe, then head to the celticexchange.com slash sign up for that and to start your free seven-day trial. In the bigger picture though, as well as in the context of the, the cup final itself, we're going to take a look here today at the mental resilience of Celtic under Ange and of the laser focus that they're showing in each and every game. Whether that's a cup final or a run them a league game, it's always the same. After, as you said, there, there was just so much noise coming from the Rangers camp during last week, and from a Celtic point of view, whether it was Ange, Callum McGregor, Carter Vickers, they just refused to be drawn on it. And generally speaking, I thought they, they played it to perfection. How do you think they handled the week in the run-up to the cup final? Well, it ties in with this ongoing narrative around the, the focus on the next game, and what the, the, the stats would tell you is that that seems to be true. They just don't get too far ahead of themselves. The St Mirren defeat 
now appears to be a complete anomaly. Um, however, there were a lot of changes made at that time. You know, I think the full midfield was almost rotated at the time or something like that. There was a, a new centre-half partnership. Basically mitigating circumstances. And that, that's a, a wrong that they'll, they'll hopefully right um, at, at the weekend. But the, it's almost like Angie's first job is to get the players to buy in when he arrives. He's clearly done that. Individual players' performance has then improved, which then just creates that environment in the dressing room where the captain, senior pros, and even existing squad members are then all bought in. Guys who maybe previously weren't playing very often then get a chance, which then tells players, well, if I do what the manager's asking me to do, then maybe I'll get my chance. And that whole the, the whole spirit in the squad completely changes for, from one that was totally deflated after the season they'd had. So I just I just think we've just had that that manager in to galvanise us to create that mentality where the team unequivocally just believe in what they're doing and follow the mantra that the manager set. Yeah. And on that, James, the, the kind of approach the players take it clearly comes from the top down and where Michael Beale and his players are happy to shoot their mouth off and provide the headlines, it's just not a thing that Ange and his players will entertain these days. It's not in the culture. And culture's a big thing with, with Ange's teams. You know, that that going and shooting your mouth off that's not doing us any favours if you are you know that way inclined um, and you know this point about Ange has to get the players to buy in he gets McGregor to buy in first and then I think Tony Ralston is, is the pioneer for Ange he was the first guy that signed for Ange as a new contract because he didn't have a right back to speak of but Ralston took that as his opportunity to say well do you know what I believe what this guy's saying I can take my game from here to here Greg Taylor's next he saw what Ralston was doing and you might have argued that Taylor was above Ralston ability-wise at that time, but he jumped up you know, between last season and this. And then other people in the squad start to see what's going on. And they go, well, I can do that as well. None of that involves going bigging yourself up to the media, going on Instagram and doing daft talks like Jack and Marcus and stuff like that. It, Jack and Marcus was almost like the perfect, it could have been staged you know, some sort of Joey Tribbiani. Are you saying Jacko was a plant? Maybe. Come in here, score some goals and then ruffle some feathers, right? I'll bag you. <laughs> and we'll move you out And nobody door. else will, will do it. The, the thing though, what I was thinking there when you were talking about running your mouth off was Jack and Marcus actually did do that. Remember when you said about comparing the squads and well, things? Well, you're obviously better. You yeah. know, it, yeah. he had, I think, looking back, he has that bit of a loose cannon probably that, that Ange humoured for a while. But then there was just one incident too many where he's went, no, you know, mm-hmm. kind of on you go for the for the sake of the balance of the squad, but I think in general the the Celtic players have kind of towed the line of just concentrating the next game and good things will come. Yeah. I don't think you've seen any Celtic players step out of line in that way for some time now, and it's it's very measured when they speak to the media, and it's it doesn't matter who it is. You know, Callum McGregor's excellent when he talks, and it's it's getting more impressive each time. But whether it's him, Carter Vickers, Taylor, anyone you care to mention, James, it's the it's the same message and it's the same tone time after time. But it's the same as Angie's interviews. You know, ask me questions about football, the team, the next game, and I'll wax lyrical. Ask me about anything else and you'll get short shrift. The players follow that lead, or McGregor follows that lead and that follows the players. It must be pretty boring for a reporter trying to get a rise out of Celtic players because it's just not happening. Yeah, you're right. But in terms of the game itself, so Celtic obviously put themselves in a commanding position, but did find themselves under a bit of pressure at 2-0. And that's when players need to show up and show their mental side of the game. We know they're all good players, but you need to have a real focus at that moment in time. And I think this is for guys like Starfelt that you mentioned, James, Carter Vickers and Alistair Johnson, who we'll talk about in a wee bit. This is where those guys really stepped up, Muff. Absolutely. And it's fanciful to think you'll go through a season where you won't be under any sort of defensive pressure. The team has to fall into a shape, protect each other, you know, protect the areas of the pitch that, that the opposition can be most dangerous in. And I think for the most part, the, the team as a whole did do that very well but ultimately in football when teams look to go direct as will often happen when they fall behind it's a natural thing to do you try and get the ball up the pitch quicker you then need your centre halves and your keeper to have big performances because the centre halves have to attack the ball need to get their timing right play can become more frantic and I think that, that that's something that in the context of Rangers as a team when the game becomes frantic that seems to really suit their oh, style yeah. of play for, for, for whatever what, reason what do you call it chaos ball I think that's accepted. It's, it's what's successful for Gerard, and it's, it's what Beals brought back away from from Bronckhurst. It's what brought their goal. A hundred percent. That it's goal a, is pure chaos. Stramash in the box. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we talked. I think we spoke in the pre-match. Sorry, the post-match about you know being brave in football. It's not just about smashing into tackles and squaring up to guys and all that stuff. It's about 
certainly under Ange Postacoglu, it's about far more than that. It's about, you know, keeping your discipline, keeping your shape. And specifically, I think, being willing to take the ball in tight areas. Miff's mentioned it and we talked about the um, <laughs> the Starfelt turn in the box. Heart and mouth stuff, but he's been brave enough to try it for it to come off and for him to then start another attack. And, and also, it's the benefits of doing it that it eliminates three players from that, that are up Celtic's end of the pitch to press the ball. It eliminates them, allows us to break through and we're on the counter. And then within a pass... Our entire back line's up at the halfway line and Rangers are pinned in again. Um, the, I think just the, the the biggest highlight for me is the, the both goals. Both goals are a pattern of play which have developed under Ange and if you look at a lot of Celtic goals they will have very, very, very similar patterns of play. It, it's just the players are so well drilled and I think that you talk about mentality I think both of them are, are interlinked. It's that mentality just to keep going no matter what type of game. You know, that's that has been our biggest game of the season so far. And yet they're still doing the very same things that they're doing repetitively against teams at home at Celtic Park, against teams away, regardless of the scoreline. Yeah. I think that's the most telling thing about the team's mentality. They just keep grinding and they just keep going. I, w- I would say patterns are playing in the goals in that they start the same and they end the same. They start with the ball being recycled back to defenders and end up with the ball in the net. There's a lot of variety in between you know, a Starsfelt or Carter Vickers and Kyogo scoring in the goals, you know, because it might go down this, it might come back a few times, whatever. But they're really patient with it. And they really were for the for both goals, really, I suppose. They just kept, you know, kept possession, found the right opening. Moy ran off his marker left, Taylor, Taylor Street to take down the left, and that's where it came from. I mean, the the, the defending from, from Rangers for the first goal in particular is absolutely horrendous. When you, when you, Lundstrom just doesn't Lundstrom track. Just, just jacks it. Yep. Absolutely, Jackson, and then Goldson. I don't know where Goldson's going. Goldson was just. I thought Goldson just. Head pulled, I, I, I thought I thought Davies yeah. pulled, but Goldson's no Martin. Name, Goldson's Aye. just kind of behind Tavernier. So shouting at folk. You know th- th- that is a con- you see look at that and you look at it in the forty what forty second forty third minute and go, oh what's happening there? But that's as a consequence of the movement that's happened before mm-hmm. of the of the runs inside outside that the fullbacks have made that the wingers have made. It, it creates that confusion. Th- there's also. You know, you could say there's a bit of fatigue. Celtic have been probing, you know, throughout the first half, but it's it's only in the last couple of minutes of the half that they actually get the goal. And at that point, you know, Rangers have switched off. I think uh, you can take your pick. You've mentioned a few guys. I think Kamara switches off as well. There's there's all sorts of guys that just stop doing their job, and that's all Celtic need. They just they, they find that wee space at the opportune moment. Before the first goal, Real had it as a three sixty. If you watch it, he gets the ball and it's a full circle. Not just for a laugh, not just to show off. Like he's just got the time to fully reposition his body. And Moyes found the space in behind him and the rest is history. I was going to ask if you lads have seen or read the Keith Jackson stuff. He describes the second goal as, I'm cutting it short here, but he basically says Tavernier gives it away and eventually Kyogo bundles it over the line. It is really, really dismissing what I think was a nine-pass move by Aye. Celtic where Starfield and, uh, intercepts, as you mentioned, James. Callum McGregor drives forward, finds Moy, finds Hitati, finds Kyogo goal. It's a really, really good goal. And just because the final execution isn't a smash into the top corner doesn't mean it's not a brilliant goal. And guys like that are all too quick to play down what was brilliant football. So that is what football is. That That's the definition of total, total football. Retain possession, pass and move, Get your ball in, score, right? That that's that's what football's meant to be, and you've got guys who are meant to be your cheerleaders of Scottish football. I mean, I've not read his article; I've seen enough of it in terms of bits about on social media. He's just talking down the game, and it's like, well, what's the point of you? What, mm. what are you here for? Because your team didn't win, you're not happy. Fair enough, but you're, that's not your job right now. Your job's to represent what that game was, whatever it was. It was a cup final that was a close scoreline in the end. There's an easy way to talk that up. I certainly enjoyed myself, do you know. Enjoy yourself, enjoy yourself. Wonderful time. Yeah. So I don't know, just guys like that, Yeah. they just bring the game down. It's no good to me. The issue we have in, in Scotland is that the, the media, mainstream media, are, are really out only to appease one fan base. And, you know, we can keep getting annoyed at it, really. Just don't buy it. Just don't read it. Yeah. You know, yeah, but that I, doesn't I, solve the problem of how you promote the game. You know how, how we make the no, game bigger because you, no. you, you see some games in England, you're going, that's absolute tosh. And then you read a reporter, <laughs> it's like, no, no I, agree, I agree. But again, I think the, the people that are in situ have been there. And again, that comes from being in situ for a very long time. You know, how long has Jackson been, been writing for the Daily Record? Too long. Be close to 20 years or something like I know, that. You know, I've been nearer 30. So, yeah. you know, guys, that sounds somebody that's 
checked out their job if they can't be bothered to scream maybe so. properly. Thinking I'm on the road out here anyway, I might as well just that's that's all that's like. Your job at Rangers news coming up. Maybe so, but it's an interesting approach to take because I think say what you want about the game as a spectacle or whatever. And I thought it was a decent enough game, you know, pretty open at times. But two really good Celtic goals and, and credit where it's due. So anyway, by the by. In the bigger picture, Celtic just continuously under Ange have shown real mental resilience and over an extended period of time, and I'm going to give you some stats here to back that up. So Celtic lost 1-0 to Livingston on match day six of last season. We'll remember it at that time. Uh, you might not remember the exact date, but it was 19th of September 2021. And just short of a year and a half since then, we've played 58 league games, losing just one to St Mirren, that game on the 18th of September last year. We've played seven League Cup games uh, between this season and last, and we've won them all. Obviously, we've lifted the trophy twice during that time. We've played six Scottish Cup games between this season and last, and obviously we lost last year's semi-final in extra time. But that's 71 domestic games in nearly 18 months since the 19th of September 2021, and we've lost just once over 90 minutes. 71 games, lost just once in 90 minutes. James, what do you make of those numbers? It's incredible consistency. You've got to add in where Celtic found themselves when Ange came into the building, or where Ange found Celtic when he came into the building, you know, it wasn't like he was picking up some tidy reins and just, you know, it's all going well, run with it. It's so much to do and pick us up from a, a really difficult position. So, even more so, but yeah, it, it takes an awful lot to just keep going and keep going. But when your manager tells you first thing, first thing he says, we don't stop, then it's locked in. Mm-hmm. And you see it every single week. They're relentless and it's, we're only ever improving and it's just a matter of how much further we can go. Andrew was I caught me bit the radio there uh, coming in tonight and he was saying, you know, we don't set our limits by someone else's arbitrary decision as to how far we can go. We set our own limits and we set our own targets and we know where we're going. Yeah. It's just clear if they've got their own um your know, disciplines internally and you know, it'd be fascinating to sit in on a couple of sessions and hear just how they, they speak to each other. You know, there'll be so much that's behind closed doors and rightfully so, but it's interesting for the likes of us to look at these big numbers, you know, 71 games and all that kind of stuff, but it's clear they they, they live by this game-by-game game approach. It's not just, you know, paper talk, it's it's very real, isn't it? No, I think that proves it. Those stats you mentioned prove it. They're, they're not getting ahead of themselves, they're not looking at, you know, you mean Paddy mentioned like 20 points in the, the treble and things like that. Celtic will no doubt have their own internal metrics, but I, I genuinely believe the whole mindset and preparation goes to whoever is next and I think someday whether it be Ange or McGregor mentioned you know we'll enjoy we'll celebrate in the right way then we'll focus on preparing for St Mirren and Saturday that, that was that was the post-match chat it was Ange Ange was saying I want them to have to, you know, tonight hold up fellas I've got just, the quote hold on it's almost like you've read we've my got, mind. We've got a pro in the room. Somebody <laughs> brought a pro. Beautiful segue, lads, but I've actually got the very quote. So you'll have heard that across the, the last 24 hours, but I'm going to repeat it here. So Ange says, I need to let them enjoy themselves and get rewarded tonight because they deserve it. That's what they'll do. And once we've enjoyed it and celebrated it in the right and proper manner, then come Tuesday, we'll focus on St Myrna away. Miff, I hope, first of all, you always celebrate in the right and proper manner, whatever that is. You may, you may want to reveal that or not. But again, it just shows the focus in the team, doesn't it? It's, we've just won a cup, James, and Andy's already saying, yep, cup, good stuff, enjoy it. But not too much, because Sunday we've got something on the way. Yeah, but he, was, he, he did extrapolate in that wee bit and say, you know, as he gets older, he gets better at celebrating that. And I, I know people in business like that as well, you know, they, they can't celebrate the, their last achievement because they want to go on to the next one and stuff. And sports people are, are very similar to that because it's all about the next challenge and the next, you know, target. But he said as he gets older, he's getting better at that. And he said, if I don't let the players celebrate that, they can get to a point where they go, what's it all for? Yeah. You know, we need to mark the occasion. And then, yeah, fair enough, you know, reset the clock and then get back to training Tuesday and off we go for, for Saturday. But yeah, he's given them some time on it. Well, the, the person that will be most put out by that will be Jura, who asked oh. for his day off after the title and get, yeah. get a short shift. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Angela hasn't learned to listen. He did uh, post on Instagram congratulating the boys and stuff like that. So Jura's still part of things. Not heard from Jacko. Not seen his post yet. So. He was he was complaining that some red tape stuff and I'm playing. I wish Jacko no harm at all, but he's 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 made a mistake. Yeah. Let's be honest. Maf, can I ask you who you think um, are the key players driving these messages for Ange? So it's, it's very obvious and very easy to talk about Carla McGregor. He's a given and we can see just what a, a leader he's become over the last year and a half or so. But who else has really taken on that mantle for you and who else really drives the team forward from a player's point of view? Yeah, I think I think Joe Hart, I think Carter Vickers as well, Taylor and, and pro- probably Starfelt because Ange was glowing 
in his uh, in his praise for Starfield just a matter of weeks ago when I think his place was questioned because Kobe Ash had come in and played f- for a couple of games and Andrew wasn't having any at all. It was a case of, you know, Carroll's been such an important player for us. I think Starfield's style can sometimes come across as one that is, you know, some people like it, some people don't. He always appears to have a wee, just a wee, a wee rack in him. But, but in general, you see the way that he defends the box and he's, he's, he's outstanding, certainly was outstanding yesterday. But he seems to be that type of figure in, in the dressing room as well. I, I think Ange's placed a lot of emphasis on that centre-half partnership. And I think you've got two players at relatively similar stages in their career who've came together along with Joe Hart and, and I think they're, they're that solid base. You can see that um, Carter Vickers is obviously physically very imposing, but you can see, I mean, even the way that yes, when we conceded the goal, he absolutely thumped the turf yep, yesterday. Any time we concede a goal, regardless of the context of the game, he is fizzing. And that's when you go back to those those standards, those internal standards. Don't worry, it was a goal. You know, it, it sounds like a very simple thing. We're, we're, we're get so much praise for being an attacking team, but, but we're fairly meagre in terms of concession of goals. So those those standards, that mentality, it all comes into the one. And, and what you've got is you've just got a set of players that are brought, brought into that, and I think none more so than somebody like Carter Vickers. Yeah. James, I was going to say, you don't necessarily have to be particularly vocal to lead. So obviously we've got McGregor, he's clearly you know picked up where Scott Brown left off and I think Carter Vickers can be vocal when need be. Joe Hart certainly does at times. But I think Hattati leads, I think Kyogo leads, I think Jota leads. It's not necessarily about you know shouting and screaming. No, there's there's example uh, leading. You know, I think Jota's a big part of that. You know, we spoke last week about Jota taking you know his whiteboard home and he's covered in tactics and stuff like that. Yeah. That's a guy who's thinking where do I need to be every time and where's my teammates and how can I help and how can I kind of deliver for the team not just for myself. So you know, there, there's there's leading like that. I, I'd like to make sure Ralston gets a mention in this as well because particularly last year I thought Ralston was a real real leader and just this injury has kept him out for longer than you know he'd have liked and we'd have liked and you know he'll be back in in time. He's been unfortunate that we've signed a really strong right back while he's been out in Johnson. But I thought Ralston was a big part of uh, the, the title last year and, you know, becoming one of the, the, the captains that we needed. Yeah, and before I forget to mention that, I think real credit to guys like Tony Ralston and David Turnbull yesterday. It, it must be painful to be a sub not used in a cup final <clears throat> and you see your teammates, you know, giving it large and all that stuff and rightfully so and you don't really feel you've played your part. But they were there and they were in the photos and they were... They were getting involved. There's a really good photo of the two in the dressing room. I don't know if you've seen it. The two boys with the, the cut between them. And I think as disappointed as they'll be, they realise that, you know, you can't you can't cut about with a petted lip in this, this Ange Postacoglu team. You need to go all in on it and be just as happy for your teammates and work hard enough so that you get the chance next time around. I mean, James Forrest, big, big servant for Celtic, not even in the squad. Burnaby, not in the squad. i seen a picture of Stephen Welsh at the, at the very back of things. These guys aren't getting their, their opportunities at this moment in time, but they're playing a part and they're, you know, you could be sure that if they weren't, Ange wouldn't have them around. No, uh, it, it can't be any of, you know, but what about me? You know, it's all about the team. And, you know, Forrest will understand, he's an experienced pro, he would love to be there, of course. I may be more fear for Burnaby in that regard. Um, just a you know, good bit younger and hasn't really got going for him yet. I think Forrest can, can take that kind of slight as much as he wouldn't like to have been not in the squad at all, but he's seen plenty of squads come and go that you know, good players have, have been left out. Bernabe could be, could be a concern. We need to make sure there's, there's a bit of a team around him to, to show him his path back to, ch- to challenge and Taylor as, as he did initially. So, but yeah, no, no one likes that, but it's all about, again, the culture of we're here for the team, not for ourselves. Yeah, 100%. Miff, they won't say it out loud and they'll continue to take uh, everything game by game, but a treble must be somewhere in the players' minds even if they don't let the manager you know, hear them talk about it and all that kind of stuff, where do you think they'll be uh, after yesterday? It's quite simple. It's natural for it to be in the players' minds because they the lead in the league and they've won the first trophy in offer. So they're still in the Scottish Cup. Why not? Albeit that the, the tie we've got in the Scottish Cup is probably as difficult as we, we could have had. So um, we've got that to come. But yeah, it's only natural for the players to think of that. And it's, it's the thing they didn't do last year. They get close to doing it. So you've got every right to think that they'll be they'll be very, very keen to write that wrong. Yeah. James, with 12 league games to go and potentially three Scottish Cup games in that very hard quarter final at Tynecastle that I've mentioned, where are you in the treble dream? Tynecastle in a way, Tynecastle away in a uh, Scottish Cup quarter final is about as hard as it gets apart from you know, uh, 
playing Rangers maybe, you know, maybe Ichi Pichi. Um, so that's a challenge. They're all over the place in terms of form, I would say, but you know they'll be well, well up for that. So that that's the big challenge. I think the league will take care of itself because they're just so professional in what they do there. They know they'll be going out and you know just get your three points and back up the road. It's it's that quarterfinal you'd, you'd really think from what's going on there. And then you've obviously got two more games after that. Yeah. League-wise, I've mentioned that we've lost one in 58 league games and yet there was people, uh, Neil McCann, saying that uh, Michael Beale could still do a treble. And I think Andy Walker... Don't think he can do it anymore. No, I don't think no. he can. And I think Andy Walker is quite quick to put the brakes on that kind of chat. He said, listen, there's no way this Celtic side lose three games, you know, or anything close four. to that. It was four needed with the goal difference. <clears throat> yep, so nothing to see here. Um, but overall, Ange and the players seem to be in a brilliant place at this very moment in time and it's, it's great to see. Still a fair bit of the season to go overall, but the signs are there that we could be in for something pretty special. So let's see how it all plays out. Okay, let's move on to this week's Mystery Cell and we'll start with a quick reminder of last week's Mystery Cell for anyone who missed it. Uh, just a mention here to Paddy, of course, who hosted last week and done a brilliant job, so thanks to him for that. He set last week's question, James, and it was a tough one, so I'll just remind you quickly. Deliberately so. Mm. Question one, after leaving Celtic, I played for three English Premier League teams. Uh, clue number two, I was part of a team who knocked Celtic out of Champions League qualifying and clue number three, I captained my country in the 2006 World Cup. The answer, of course, was the great Mark Viduka, or Marco Viduka, as he Marco was when Viduka. he, when he big, first came in. Big Dukes. I was going to say, yep, your very thoughts, James, on Big Dukes. Uh, do you know, loved him and then was a, a bit crestfallen when he left because we knew we had a, a player in our hands there. Celtic were still in a bit of, you know, post post old board turmoil we, we, we hadn't found our feet so there was a lot of changes and Fergus wasn't paying the dough and all these kind of things that, that got him bad press I thought he was a great great player but we didn't have the um, the professional cohesion that we have at, at Celtic these days if we did you know we could have kept him longer maybe the irony is he left just as Martin O'Neill was coming in. So Martin O'Neill was speaking. I think O'Neill tried to keep him, yeah. Yeah, that's one of his stories that basically, as soon as he came in, one of his first jobs was to try and convince Mark Viduka. He didn't fancy and eventually left for Leeds and he used some of the money to sign Chris Sutton. So it worked out pretty well, Aye. but it would have been interesting, Miff, to see Viduka and Larson paired together for a fair bit longer, wouldn't it? Well, it was it was Larson's injury that, that effectively <coughs> done for, for John Barnes because Celtic had started the season in, in brilliant form. Uh, Viduka, Viduka, personally, I thought he was a great player, but he came with baggage. Yeah. We knew that. Um, I mean, the moment he signed, he went I, off, didn't I, he? Even, even yeah. off. So, he went off. So, individually, he was an exceptional striker. Scored all different types of goals. Um, was very good. He, he was good at creating openings for himself through his skill. Good turn, could use both feet. Um, strong centre-forward as well. Was sad to see him go, but... The path that it led us on led us to Sutton, which led us to Sutton and Larson, and, and we all know what happened there. So, no, I'd, if it was, I'd say it was frustrating because I think under Anil we could have got a hell of a lot more out of him. But yeah, I, you know, he scored a lot of very good goals for Celtic when he was here. Yeah, all worked out well in the end. Um, just to clarify in Paddy's clues, so the three English Premiership teams that he played for, for were Leeds, Middlesbrough, and Newcastle. Um, he was part of the Dynamo Zagreb side that knocked Celtic out of the Champions League uh, qualifiers in August '98. We won one nil at Celtic Park. Any idea who scored? And I, I would never have got this. Darren Jackson. Hi, <laughs> Darren Jackson. What are you all about? <laughs> Darren Jackson. Um, but Bodes, we then Bodes well. We then lost uh, the return leg three 0 in Zagreb. Do you know who scored for them? Prozanetsky. Prozanetsky. He scored two. What a player he was. I think he smoked about six a day. <laughs> Still, aye. But Reggie <laughs> Blanker at no bottle. A one a one v one. Aye. Can't remember. Aye. Can't aye. remember. That, that was that over for him. That, that, yeah. Aye. Um, but that was just a, back from that, yeah. that was just a few months before uh, Viduka joined. So that was August '98, and then he arrived, I think, in the December, as I was saying. Uh, and he got forty three caps for Australia and captained them in the World Cup in Germany in two thousand and six. So yeah, good player all round. We could have seen more of, of him, but you know. As I say, all's well at ends well when Martin O'Neill came in and the rest was history. Okay, so let's move on to this week's Mystery Cell. We've been making this a bit more interesting for the listeners at home in recent weeks and the first 10 people who reply with the right answer to the Mystery Cell on Twitter win a month completely free of the Celtic Exchange Plus. To take part, just head to our Twitter page right now and you'll see the clues posted there in our pinned tweet and good luck to everyone that's getting involved. Okay, lads, are you ready for this week's Mystery Cell? 100%. If it's not Paddy McCourt. Thomas Rogner. <laughs> not Thomas Rogner. Yeah. Darren Jackson. Oh, that'd have been a good one. Okay. Good segue. Clue number one. I've played for Celtic and Manchester United. Paddy Crerand. Brian McCoy. 
I knew you'd say Brian McClure. You love chalky. my favourite player. Yeah. Um, but it's not Brian McClure. Clue number two, I've got four caps for my country. And I'll help you out, James. They weren't earned while playing for Celtic. I know you like that bit Aye, of clarity. I, yeah. Lee Martin? Not Lee Martin. And clue number three, I scored for Celtic in a League Cup final win. So while the lads are having a wee think about that one, I want to give listeners a reminder of the additional content we provide over on the Celtic Exchange Plus. Among some special episodes we do with ex-players, coaches and journalists, we produce extra pre- and post-match podcasts for every Celtic game. And we've got a couple of really good shows there now following the League Cup final. If you haven't already subscribed, you can experience the Celtic Exchange Plus right now, absolutely free with our seven-day trial. Simply visit theCelticExchange.com slash sign up to get started and to enjoy all the additional content we offer to subscribers. We've got subscriptions starting at just $1.50 a month. So if you enjoy what we do and want to hear even more from us across the week, then visit theCelticExchange.com slash sign up now. I can see he's in deep Is it not Brian McClure? No. Did you say Brian McClure? Aye. It's not Brian McClure. Is it oh, not? More than four caps. Not many more, but more than four. I suppose, uh, yeah, I would say to, to give you credit, number one and number three probably do apply to Brian McClure. Aye. Number two doesn't. What's uh, clue number four? Clue number four. <laughs> nice once, once we got off air, I'll give you a clue four. But um, it sounds like you're struggling, lads. Which is it's exactly what I like to hear. To be honest, you want to throw a last guess in the ring, mix uh, in the mix. As uh, Daddy does, does no, nothing nah, for his mouth. Any favours? Nah, you, 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 you get nothing for me, no? Nah, nah. Brian McClure, get nothing for me. <laughs> so you failed last week, which made it four three to the hosts, which is myself and Paddy. Poacher turned gamekeeper there, <laughs> Paddy. <laughs> the score is now five three. So remember, if you think you know the answer to this week's mystery sale and want to win a month free of the Celtic Exchange Plus, then simply reply to our pin tweet at Celtic Exchange using the hashtag Mystery Sale. Okay, so let's now take a look at our listeners' question, which this week comes from Stephen Cushley. Cush is a good pal of ours and a big supporter of the show, and thanks to him for sending in the question this week. His dad, John Cushley, will be well known to listeners of a certain age, and he spent seven years at Celtic as backup centre half to Billy McNeil over the 60s before leaving to join West Ham. So, big Celtic family, and let's hear Cush's question now. Hi, Tino, it's Cush here. Um, long time listener to the show since you started with Miff uh, back in the, the COVID season and really enjoy what you're doing certainly a much easier listen now not just because you've brought in Paddy and James but obviously because of what the manager has been doing to the team uh, my question is about Alistair Johnson and specifically how well he's adjusted to Celtic's system under Ange and crucially do you think he'll make us more robust for the challenges we'll face uh, in Europe next season and beyond? Thanks, Tino. Welcome, Kush. So thanks for the question. James, on you go, my f- Listen, you can't be putting that in. That's the wrong section of the show. You oh, have missed the boat. Bugger! You've missed the boat. Am I right, but? I can't tell you that. Oh, come on! You're not Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I wasn't even thinking. Yeah. Well, I was doing my nothing, but man, I was... Didn't man, I was charged as well. Right, sorry, sorry. Shut Moving up. on. James, Alistair Johnson, he's one of several players who really showed what he's all about at Hamden. And in truth, he's actually been doing it since day one at Celtic and it's been great to see. So what's your initial response to Cush's question? Uh, I've I've liked him since we first saw him, uh, Johnson. Um, I just think he's got a bit of that kind of like just real steely determination about him. You know, a bit of kind of Terminator guy, just like just, he's, he's got his path and nothing's getting his way. That one where he kind of roughed off a challenge yesterday roughed off another one pinged the ball at Haksibanovic you know just outstanding I think he's going to be a big big player for Celtic and I want to see obviously Ralston rotating with that to, to make sure they can both last the season but yeah Johnson seems to have that real single mindedness that Ange has got to love in a player yeah if he's a real competitor isn't he and he just he just seems to have embraced everything about Celtic so far how impressed have you been? well even in watching him at the World Cup you've you, you seen him performances Canada were a bit bit of a surprise package in terms of the way they went about their games and just this guy bombing up and down the right you know a bit of action at that time there was the the gloom of the persistent links with Juranovic going away to practically every club in Europe and it got to such a point where you were thinking right okay Juranovic seems to be really showcasing himself so when we were strongly linked with Johnson I, I was quite chuffed because I thought well I can see I can see what they're trying to do here. They're trying to get a young athletic 
uh, full back into the place on, and it's it's been nothing but good things. There's there's probably still that wee element of the the final third. I'm I'm not sure necessarily Juranovic Yerav- was overtly creative when when he was in there. He d- he done his bit naturally, but there's nothing about Johnson that says to me he can't achieve the same sort of things. The most notable thing for me that even going back to his, his his debut at Ibrox was his willingness to to mix it. The sheer amount of effort that he put in. There was one run where he cross cross field where he managed to catch Sakala to to snuff out an attack, and Sakala's you know no, no slouch. Yeah. So the I'd seen a few of the the M, MLS fans post on on Twitter that this is what you love about Alistair Johnson. It's like he's you know he's got a turbo jet as, as, as a as an engine. Yeah. He's just absolutely committed and non stop. And ultimately, what a compliment that is to the style that Ange wants to play. He wants that type of player in. And you mentioned the example I was just going to give James around that that passage of play that creates the Haxabanovich opening, which he was very unlucky with, by the way. It's a great save Aye. for McGregor yeah. with, with his foot. Um, the the fact that he's he's ridden off the first challenge and then just shrugged off the second. Um, you know, most most guys in modern football would have been probably down rolling about that try to get a player booked. Yeah. He stayed on his feet and pinged a, a cracking pass. So speaks a lot about his mindset as well and, I, and we've said it so many times character the type of character that he is Celtic themselves have been bigging up the fact he's loving his celebrations and things like that just endears players to the fans even more yeah yeah. I think he's very quickly become a fan's favourite so let's hear a bit from the man himself he was speaking at Celtic Park last night after returning with the League Cup trophy this one's for you guys um, the passion at this club, it, it runs so deep, and, and you can see it everywhere. Um, the support we had there today was was special. Um, everyone staying, you know, an hour after the final whistle to cheer on every little celebration was pretty cool. So, no, no, we're we're super excited uh, to bring this one home. And again, this is our first trophy of the year. It's it's not our last either. Cheer for it. It's nice in February to already have one in the trophy case. We plan on adding some more. Um, so yeah, stick with us and uh, and we'll keep the good times rolling. James, he absolutely loves it, doesn't he? He does. I mean, it's there's a bit of that matchmaking going on with a lot of players that Andrew signed and, and Johnson certainly won. Just a wee bit at the end of that interview, they said, oh, where the guys go, yes, yeah, that's that just, just after that bit. They said, oh, it was the, the compere said, so uh, first trophy in a, in a Celtic jersey, he says, first trophy ever. Yeah. So now I think that's really interesting. He's come in, won a trophy early doors, there's two more on the roster, as he might say. <laughs> <laughs> but it gives him that kind of like, you know, another reason to, to come to a, a team like Celtic and to stay at a team like Celtic. Guys have maybe not won stuff and can go on and do it under Ange. If it takes me perfectly to my next question, we spoke on the post-match about just how important it was for guys like Johnson, Moy, Haksabanovic, O and Awata to pick up their first trophy for Celtic. And obviously, uh, Johnson was speaking just there about that. What impact do you think that will have on these guys specifically across the rest of the season and beyond? Well, well, I think it's great for their mentality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the roster. I like that. <laughs> um, because, it may, but it makes them feel part of it. So there's, there's always that that thing when they come in, the team are already successful, they've already won a double. It now makes, they, they feel part of that. They feel like they've achieved for the club. I think that's really, really important. Just that as they strive to go and make sure that the league's won, they, they feel they have contributed to the team's success. So very interesting that a lot went on yesterday I think that says a lot about where Ange sees him as being a real pinnacle and focal point in the team for the season to come the trust's there um, you mentioned there it must be a hard one for somebody like Turnbull to take he would normally have been the change but it's proven to be the right change because again we've come home with the trophy yeah. it'd be a different change under Turnbull as well it's a much more controlling change with Iwata when we seen it come up I said to James at the time I said I think he's going to bring Iwata on here and bump McGregor and uh, O'Reilly up and, and so it proved <coughs> to be the case and I think he'll Utilise that moving forward with a view to then doing the Awata and McGregor thing in Europe. So interesting to see, but it's clear that, as I said there, uh, I think Awata and various guys have got the trust of Ange already and he knows he can put him in there. Um, going back to Alistair Johnson specifically, I'm going to look here just at his Celtic stats since he arrived in the January window. So since the start of January, Celtic have played 12 games. Johnson started and completed the full 90 minutes in 11 of them. Uh, the only one he missed out on was the League Cup semi-final against Kilmarnock, where Juranovic started. Of those 11 games, Celtic have drawn one and won the other 10. And he's been an absolute cornerstone of a defence who have conceded just five goals in those 11 games, including the League Cup final. And has gone with the exact same back four of Johnson, Carter Vickers, Starfelt and Taylor for the last six games now. And 
as I say, Muff, he's got the absolute trust of Ange Postacoglu and he's yet to put a foot wrong. It's, it's so critical to the success of the team because we need we need an athletic backline to be able to sustain the, the tempo that we play at and he's just fitted in so seamlessly. Uh, mad when you think that Juranovic still played in the semi-final. I know, yeah, just, I just, just when you said that there. Because um, yeah, it was late. But, but to be to be fair, you know, he'd, he'd done a job for his right to the end, mm. um, as, as did Jack Marcus, because well. he, he actually scored in that game as well. So, But jo- Johnson, it's almost a, like a dream signing for us because on signing him, you would have wanted what he has produced mm-hmm. and he's done it. If, you, if you'd said when we signed him, he's going to play 90 minutes in 11 out of 12 games and he's going to win a trophy at the end of it, happy days. Yeah, James in terms of his style of play specifically I think he's more naturally aggressive and you know robust and defence minded than Juranovic um, spoken about what Juranovic offers moving forward and obviously he played his part in terms of free kicks penalties and corners at this you know at different times do you think that's a side of the game that Johnson will add moving forward under Ange he's done his job 100% defensively but we've yet to see a first goal for Celtic which I think is not far away you think he'll add that to his game? To to a degree, to a great degree. Um, I think he will. You know, you can see in in parts you're seeing more attacking from him, more more kind of creation from him. But he's not as creative a player as Juranovic, I would say. I think Juranovic is quite easy on the eyes as a footballer goes. I don't see Johnson scoring Panenka's in European games, for example. You just don't see that. He's, not yet, not yet. But you don't see that in his makeup. You know, Juranovic had that wee bit of kind of mad creator about him. You know, and I, you know, I, I thought he was a great player. Um, but. I'm happy to shave off a wee bit of creation for the robustness he gives us at the back. Juranovic was very, very good at right back. I think Johnson is, you know, in this early state, you know, Evans, I think he's a better right back than Juranovic. And if he adds that, you know, a bit of flair and a bit of um, creativity going forward, because he's selling at the pace for it. You know, he's no problem getting up and down the line. So it'll become part of his game and it's already becoming part of his game. We'll see more of it between now and the end of the season, no doubt. Yeah, and in terms of that comparison myth between Johnston and Juranovic, do you think Johnston is going to be a better fit for what we're looking to achieve in Europe? There's almost been a bit of a an offset, as you say, with maybe slightly more creativity for someone that's more robust in the right-back position. But by signing someone of Johnston's profile, you've still got that time for him, him to develop. So you would hope, by the nature of making a signing in January, you're, you're effectively giving them that, that six month bedding in period to the system to get used to the environment all, all that type of thing so the hope is that there's still progress left in, in, in the fullback. so you don't want to cut off the I mean, 12 games in what age is he 24? 24 24 still some natural progression to come there and you trust the manager to bring that so to answer your question yes I think he is someone who can help us achieve what we need to achieve in Europe because bear in mind he's been a starting right back at, at World Cup that in itself is a is a huge achievement for a footballer, for a Canadian team which don't regularly qualify for for major tournaments. You would assume that he's been a a major part in that because he's somebody that within that Canada team for me stood out, and that was before he was our, our player. He's given a lot of responsibility early in his career with that. Can he get a lot of caps, isn't he? Thirty three. Yeah. So for for his age, he's got a lot of caps there. A lot of responsibility for the age. He's taken in his stride and he's taken that into his, his career at Celtic. And that's the thing, you know, Miff's talked about his profile there, James. 33 caps, as I mentioned. He's also got one goal for Canada. He started all three games in the World Cup against Croatia, uh, Belgium and Morocco, I think it was. And they, I think to our benefit, Canada play a style that's not too dissimilar to Angie's. They go with mm. uh, inverted fullbacks, you know, which is a big plus, of course. But he is an individual. He doesn't lack confidence or self-belief. And as Miff says, 24, he's, he's got progression to come. Yeah, he likes a blether as well. You know, that, that, that feeds, you know, that speaks of his confidence that he can he can speak for himself and he can talk about football in a brand new environment from, from day one. He was like that, you know, some of the, the Celtic podcasters say it's murder. He asks him one question, he answers 10 and you've maybe got your question ready to answer and he's already used it up. Um, so he's, he's got that confidence both, both on and off the park and it you know, f- further feeds into Angie's signing people, not players. You know, he wants people who are confident can fit the culture and play the game yeah fashion Sakala likes a leather too doesn't doesn't mm. bode well for depends what for you say folk. The, the other thing that springs to my mind in terms of Johnston is I can remember reading a report on Twitter when he was asked at a press conference at the World Cup about the links with Celtic and he could barely contain himself yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, so was his phone so, was up. he was <laughs> just so chuffed at the fact that he'd been like you know he looked genuinely made up and Again, that's just continued on and he's, you can see he's absolutely thriving and loving being part of it. 
Yeah. But I've heard that you think Tony Ralston fits into things here, so he's certainly proven he's worth to Celtic with last year's performances and he's he's been unlucky with injuries um, you know, over the last couple of months. Do you think he's now firmly the backup to Johnson or do you think they'll vie for position at times? How do you think it'll play? I, mean, I, th- I think the, the way that we play is physically demanding, so I, I can't, especially that full-back role. But, but, to my mind, you mentioned Bernabe earlier, I think we still need cover for him. We need somebody that can, can play in that role. But I think Ralston is, is natural. I, I think it'll be more as cover, but at least you know, and Ralston, to his credit, has raised his profile with the Celtic fans. So I think we would all see we would see Ralston's name in the team shirt or, or even on, on the subs bench. You're quite chuffed at the fact that you know he's there because he's, he's very dependable, very reliable. You've no qualms when I don't think you're necessarily any weaker as such with Ralston starting because what what he's proven is in this system he'll give you goals and he'll give you assists. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. So it'll be interesting to see when he's back fully fit. He's been on the bench the last few games. Uh, not featured much, but I think he'll get his window over the next few games. James, I think overall in terms of Alistair Johnson, absolutely fair to say that he's, he's slotted in almost perfectly to life at Celtic. Um, but just to try and answer the, the question for Kush, and as put it to Miff slightly earlier on there, do you think we'll be better equipped in Europe with somebody like that and at fullback? I think overall you have to say it's the, it's the robustness that, you know... Robust, we, robusticity? Robustnessicity. We've we've shown that in the games in Europe we can we can do all the stuff going forward, but we couldn't keep the, the door shut at the back. You know that, that was a, that's been a problem, and I think this points to the fact that we're we're looking at a wee bit more solidity at the back there. So and with a guy who's got pace, so it's not limiting yourself going forward. He can get back and, and cover that. So yeah, I, I think he certainly improves on that conundrum. There's other work to be done, no doubt, but he's a piece in the puzzle. Possibly a way a way to look at that question is: Does Johnson take Mudrick out of the game? Uh, yeah, I, I think I think so. I think Mudrick would so. still be travelling. So, I, I think yeah. first and foremost he's defence minded. He's got the the attacking stuff going forward, but it's a great debate because he's a he's a guy who's I think very quickly you know as I say eleven games in or so he's become a fan's favourite very very quickly. And the the bigger picture stuff is that it feels like he's been here a long long time, and, and that says a lot about him. So another great question, lots to debate, and thanks again to Kush for sending that one in. If you want to submit your question to us for discussion on any future shows, then you can do so in one of three ways. Number one, you can leave a voicemail directly on our website via the microphone icon on the bottom right of any page of the site. Secondly, you can send us a message on social media at Twitter, Instagram, or on Facebook. And thirdly, you can email me directly on tino at thecelticexchange.com. Time for this week in Celtic Media. Each week here on the weekly show, we pick out something of interest that we've watched, read or listened to that week in the world of Celtic Media that we'd then recommend to you, our listeners. This week, James has a League Cup final-themed option for us. James, what have you got? Yeah, just a wee, a wee fun one this week. I think one of the best things Celtic Media have been doing for a couple of years now is the u- unique angle. So you're getting to see those goals from, from different perspectives. And if you were at Hamden yesterday, getting to see the goals from any perspective is a bonus because the viewpoints are shocking no matter where you sit. I had to watch the whole game back today to get a handle on what actually was going on during the game. Murder, man. I'm exact same. We were sitting next to each other in the kind of... I know you're exact same. You're sitting beside me. The, 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 the listeners don't know that. <laughs> they know now. But we were sitting in the kind of corner looking up towards, um, you know, the end Celtic were shooting at in the, the first half. And I didn't see the half of it. And I, I've watched stuff again today and you're going, oh, that was quite a good chance. Or that was this, that was that. You miss so much at hand and it's just, it's not a good stadium for viewing oh, it's great when Celtic are shooting down the way you catch everything but not so much to, to blow, get a big blow up as soon as possible but there's not any <laughs> fan hurts. there's not any fan in Scottish football goes oh I love going to Hamden they might like you know they going to Hamden the, the, the location the area but not the stadium it's just get, raise it to the ground start again yeah or, anyway, or don't bother let's get back to your, your right, so uh, unique, ang- <laughs> unique angles so instead of just following the goals around yesterday some smart media cat has decided we're going to follow the celebrations around as well. So you've got these cameras planked all around the stadium and you've got you've Joe Hart, Kyogo, Jota, all of them bouncing over ad boards and going and seeing fans and loud tailors and all sorts of stuff. Nice wee seven minute watch. Get yourself a cup of tea, chocolate biscuit, watch that. Seven minutes of gloating. Um, any standouts for you? You've mentioned various players, but any uh, fun wee moments, anything particular? It catches Joe Hart again do, doing his stuff um, and Kyogo in particular, I... It's got a real focus on him doing his kind of like, he's just got that rapport with the fans, Kyogo. You know, he just, they love him and we love him. 
Yeah, he loves us. That's the one. Yeah, um, yeah, very good. I thought there was a strong chance you were going to uh, provide a different bit of footage for this section and go for the the Rangers TV commentary from yesterday. We we Tom doing his thing. Are you are you better than that? Have you decided you're above that? I'm not above that. No, no you're definitely that, not. That's exactly I'm where not, you are. That's who I am as a person. Miff, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great to see the players getting their rewards for their efforts and celebrating with the fans like they've done yesterday. Um, I think at one point Jota gets a hold of the Loud Taylor and does the whole Kieran Tierney thing and kind of picks up the mantle there. Do you enjoy that kind of thing? Is it good to good to watch? Yeah, well, absolutely, absolutely. You, you, that's you know how nervous I get before the games, but there's nothing I enjoy more than just basking in the the, the, the celebrations and seeing what it means to the players. It means a lot as a fan to see that. Mm-hmm. You, you want to see that it means something to them as well. The players have worked incredibly hard, and they were under a lot of pressure in this game. So it's it's like a release valve for them, and it's good for them to let it out, interact with the fans. So yeah, I, I love that. Love that the videos. Um, bizarrely, I seen a, a an excellent video from the Rangers end of Celtic second goal, right. which gives you almost a panoramic view. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and of in, the celebrations. Oh, the camp. well, it, well, no, it must just, have been just, because just it, it, it must have been because they were they were zooming in. <laughs> they were they were zooming in. So I, I can I can only assume it was either a complete neutral who was didn't have a clue what was going on or an infiltrator. But um, the it, it's just it's the scenes are just wild. It's it's amazing. Yeah, James, there was a moment myself and Miff uh, covered it on the post match. But a moment um, as part of the celebrations, but maybe you know less seen by a lot of folk. And it was after the players had exited and gone down the tunnel, and it was all the staff, all the backroom team, the support staff, whether it be John Kennedy, Gavin Strachan, and, and everyone else involved, and they got on the podium for a photo with Ange in the trophy and. Again, it just harks back to this um, spirit in the camp just now. It's, you know, everyone in together, led by Ange Postacoglu, but it's really good to see and there's this real unified thing going on at Celtic just now. I think there was also, leading into that as well, at the final whistle, there was the doctor and maybe Stevie would sub somebody else. Two of them going absolutely bananas, just celebrating the win itself. But then it leading on to getting on the podium, just fantastic because it is that... All of those guys, we, we talk about in, in episodes about where they'll be getting the stats behind the scene on that player and that player. Those guys are so crucial to what we do and they're getting recognised as such. A lot of the time these guys are like, oh, you're one of those guys, shuffle off in the back and leave us alone, you know? So great to see that Angie's thing is it's the whole team, including all the support staff. Yeah, great to see. So it's Celtic TV's unique angle of the League Cup final celebrations. A good watch and a brilliant way to keep the feel good going after the League Cup win. As always, we'll link to this one in the show notes for the episode. James, first trophy of the season in the bag. Two more to go, hopefully. But next up, it's St Murn on Sunday. How are you feeling after the weekend in general? And what's your final comments for this week? Feeling very good. I mean, obviously, you know, cup finals are funny. It could go either way. You know, cup football's cup football. Um Nothing happened untoward in terms of VAR, referee and all that kind of stuff that could, that could have gone against us. So, you know, we could be sitting in a very different position here just now. So, you know, appreciate where we are and we're now on the first leg of, of a treble. That's okay for us to say. I just the guys won't say it. And we move on to that with nothing more than a solid win against St Martin at the weekend. So that's the focus. Yeah. Miff, as mentioned earlier on, I know you always celebrate these occasions in the right and proper manner. Do you think you'll be celebrating another couple of trophies before the season's out? And what's your final comments for the week? Well, I certainly hope so. That, that's that's the aim. Such are the lofty expectations of, of Celtic and their, their players that the tre- trebles now become part of what you expect. It would be our fifth treble in seven years if we do. Which is just incredible. Madness. So... No, listen. You just enjoy it, and and it still it still rolls on. When you get beat, the taste still lingers days into the week. But when you win, you're you're still enjoying it. Social media, at times, can be a pain, but uh, in the in the context of these events, uh, it, it prolongs the enjoyment that you have because you get to see different people's videos pop them up and being shared and things like that and as well as you really point out James the, the good stuff that Celtic do in their socials as well so um, no just d- delighted to have won it was a really important game for us of course but we've done it job done and, and it allows us just to keep our focus it allows us not to be derailed just to concentrate on the next game yes so that wraps things up on the latest episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly and this has been episode 100 no less so a sincere thanks to everyone who supported us along the way and been a part of what we do Thanks to James and Miff for joining me today and as always, our thanks to you for listening. Remember to send your mystery cell answer to us on Twitter for your chance to win a free month of the Celtic Exchange Plus. And beyond that, don't forget to visit theceltichexchange.com slash sign up 
or you can start your free seven-day trial. But in the meantime, from myself and the team, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again this time next week. Network.